You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. What did it take to survive an ancient siege? Why was the cult of Dionysus behind so many slave revolts in ancient Rome? What's the tragic history and mythology behind Japan's most haunted ancient forest? We're Jen. And Jenny. From Ancient History Fangirl. Join us to explore ancient history and mythology from a fun, sometimes tipsy perspective. Find us at ancienthistoryfangirl.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to History Happy Hour, a special series from History Uncovered. It's the end of June 2023 and we've handpicked a few of our favorite history stories from this month. Today we'll be talking about traces of a ritualistic drink containing human blood discovered inside a 2,000-year-old Egyptian vase. The discovery of a Bronze Age sword in Germany so well preserved it still gleams. How one mayor became the most hated man in France for authorizing the removal of stones which were perhaps 7,000 years old. The discovery of a vampire graveyard with 450 bodies in Poland. And why researchers in Germany believe they found the long lost city of Rungkult, known as the Atlantis of the North Sea as well as a number of historical anniversaries, including the coronation of Anne Boleyn, the assassination of Robert Kennedy, and the death of Anthony Bourdain. So we'll, we'll get started, as always, with some articles that we covered on the site for June. Yeah. Oh, and I'm Austin Harvey, and I'm here. We're, oh, Kalina's also yeah. here. <laughs> I'm also here. Hello. That's good. We're we're doing we're doing great today. We're recording on Friday, and that that always goes well. Usually does go well. I don't know yeah. what's wrong with us today. It usually does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something. I haven't been able to get my ADHD medication, so that's that's part of it. Oh yeah, I keep reading about that. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Yikes! I have no excuse. It's been real fun at all. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, yeah, let's let's dive in. Um, th- I, I wrote this one over the site, so I'll talk a little bit about this Egyptian vase. Mm-hmm. It was a vase depicting the head of the Egyptian god Bess, mm-hmm. which if I'm remembering right, Bess is this Egyptian deity who served as a protective spirit for mothers and children. Um, but there's something about the way Bess looks that was really unique because, hmm. you know, most of the Egyptian gods have that like part animal, part human appearance to them. Bess was part feline, part human, um, oh. though any pictures you see of Bess don't look particularly cat like. Yeah, um, hmm. mostly just looks like a wide, hairy, bearded man. Oh. But yeah, it's very weird. It's very strange. But yeah, there was um, a cult dedicated to Bess. And I, I hate the fact that we have to use that word because cult isn't necessary. It's not, you know, like a modern day cult. It was just a group. Like supporters gr- of yeah. Bess or worshippers, maybe? Worshippers, yeah. Of Bess who, yeah, created this hallucinogenic cocktail with all of these strange ingredients. Um, a, Very strange ingredients. Yeah, a mix of uh, Peganum Harmala and Nymphae. Cerulea. So I don't know if I'm getting those right. Uh, more commonly known as Syrian rue and the blue water lily, both of which have psychotropic mm. and medicinal effects. Um, researchers have noted that Syrian rue seeds can produce high quantities of the alkaloids harmine and harmaline, which induce dreamlike visions. Oh. Uh, so very similar to like ayahuasca okay. um, and some of those similar ritualistic practices that you see in a lot of like Native American tribes as well. Hmm. Um, with things like peyote, except this 
cocktail they made also contained human fluids. Yeah. And we we said blood, but it wasn't it was it was a little bit more than blood. There was there was some other stuff in there as well. Uh-huh. Um which Yeah, all sorts of fluids. Yeah. And uh they would also mix in like ale and wine and juice and things like that. So it, it was very much like a ritualistic human jungle juice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they think a lot of those other things are added in to kind of obviously make it taste better and actually be consumable. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you would induce visions and it was a ritualistic service, a way of um, appeasing the god Bess and asking for protection. And they, they discovered it in like this really old vase, which is sort of fascinating. Yeah. They were able to find trace elements or? Yeah, trace elements of, okay, here they found blood, breast milk, and a third substance that may have been vaginal mucus discharge. Wow. Um, but they, yeah, they were able That's to. so f- fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, but also just like how like, they were able to look at this like really old vase and find that stuff. Be like, huh, we think we know what they were doing with this. Right. It was... A ritual. Yeah, to think that those sorts of things linger that long. Um, they did use like a very thorough. It was liquid chromatography with tandem mass spec- spectrometry. Um, basically, meaning mm. like so the chemistry technique they use, they, you can separate liquid, uh, the physical separation of like liquid chromatography, meaning like breaking down the individual components of a liquid. So. Uh, this isn't accurate scientifically, but to like illustrate the point, it'd be like reverse engineering Kool-Aid back into powder and water. Hmm. Uh, and probably even more than that, it would probably be all of like the different things that make up Kool-Aid powder. Yeah. And then huh. using the spectrometry to date it and analyze them individually, um, the spectral information that it provides allows them to determine what substance it is based on its molecular weight. Hmm. I wonder, I assume there's probably like not enough blood, but I wonder if it'd be possible to analyze like the DNA at all. And find out like who or like more about the person yeah. at the very least. Right. Yeah. 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 Or if there's any, I don't know, it's 2000 years ago, so it probably would be hard to connect that to someone today. But I wonder. Yeah. I'm also curious about like what the actual purpose of the ritual was and why it required them to consume what they were consuming. Yeah. I can kind of see it if it's like a, something very... I don't know. It could be either like you give a sacrifice of yourself right. or something to share. You're sharing with people getting closer. I have no idea. I'm not an expert on Egyptian rituals by right. Yeah. Any any means. So, yeah. But I do th- I do yeah. find it yeah very fascinating. A lot of those ancient rituals I think are so unique. The way the way people got there, the way that they determined mm-hmm. just like oh yeah, this is what Bess wants, and then they always drank it out of ceramic mugs that looked like Bess, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. Like souvenir mug. I think you mentioned the article. You in the article too. Um, you mentioned that like this it happens in like other cultures too. Like they people have like psychedelics of some sort. Right. And there's always like a ritualistic. Right. Yeah. I feel like you hear that with a lot of tribes, especially like South American, Mesoamerica. Like yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of that like mind altering substance, but it's in of course like always natural stuff. But like yeah, like I said earlier, like peyote, ayahuasca, all those things that mm-hmm. you know the stereotypical like Native American spirit journey but it all was viewed as this way of sort of connecting with a higher power yeah yeah i know people who still do that (laughs) to this day they make yeah they make whole retreats around it now (laughs) they do yeah um i mean there's something to to be said about it it's definitely 
Um, I've never I've never done psychedelics, but um, I I have said I would never do LSD, but I would try mushrooms. Hmm. Interesting. The chemical component of it freaks me out. But like the more natural stuff, I'm like, OK, well, sure. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe learn a little bit about myself. Yeah, I'm sure you would. People yeah. say they do. Well, there's all that research now, too, that like doing doses of certain types of mushrooms can like cure your depression for like six months or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I saw a headline about that today and it was like, this is what people say. Like, I think the science is still not. Yeah, like it's very up in the there. air. Yeah, at least. But yeah, I've, I've known people who like microdose for that reason to like try to control depression or anxiety or whatever. Yeah. Anxiety. I don't know about that. I <laughs> I know I know people who do yeah. too, but I I think it would make me anxious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Our next story is something even older than the the vase, which is a sword. Yeah, this one's and very neat. This one's cool. I when I wrote this and I read I read um that it was from 14 BCE, I had to double check. I was like, "What?" Yeah. That that can't be right. It has to be like 14 C. But it is. It's 3,000 years old. And so they found this sword in um, Bavaria. And it's you've seen pictures of it, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, it looks like a sword. It's not it, like it a... It looks like a movie It's not prop. damaged. It, yes, it does. It, it's really well preserved. And I mean, in the press release, they're like, it, it like almost like glimmers still. Yeah. And you can see it when you look at it, it. Even, funnily enough, has the shape of Sting from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> which is a yeah. you know and that sword glows and this looks very similar to that which that's is true. That kind sword of interesting does glow. It's hunting orcs yeah. back in the day <laughs> yeah, really yeah um yeah there was a lot of like cool stuff about the sword i mean they were still trying to figure out its full story but they'd had this really cool hilt that was very specialized only like two people could make it or two the people who could make it were like grouped in two different places right and it was buried with a man, woman, and child. And they don't know how they're related, but they were buried like pretty quickly at the same time, yeah. around the same time. Yeah, definitely. It seems like a like a family. I like all like, uh, if like a fa- if a family had a sword. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I mean, yeah. yeah, definitely significant in some capacity, just based on the way it was buried and the fact that it was not a common type of sword. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there were no impact marks or anything, so it wasn't used as a weapon. So definitely right. was they like, don't think so. Right. Right. Because it did have this center of gravity where they said it'd be really good for like slashing. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah. Stuff like this makes it really brings home like uh, like the humanity of people who lived a long time ago to me. Yeah. Objects like this. That's why whenever people say, you know, um, don't value items, value experiences. That's like, you know, carpe diem, live in the moment. But all your mm-hmm. yes to a degree. But I don't think there's anything wrong with valuing objects. Like yeah. mementos, things that are personal like that. And this is a good example of why not that like like my MacBook is not going to be like a historic relic. Right. But maybe these people didn't think a sword was going to be this historic relic. And yeah, it's an interesting question. I feel like maybe things back then were meant to last more than a lot of things. That's true. Today, people live very like, I don't know, temporary lives in some ways, yeah. and just in terms of like where they live or uh, what they do. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting in, in 3,000 years if the Earth is still around and we don't know right. if it will be. Right. But if it is, but but they will find uh, what archaeologists will find. Yeah. That's why I'm always interested with um, time capsules as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. And just Have you ever buried one before? I haven't. I'm trying to think if I ever did as like part of high school or anything like that, but I don't believe I did. You should do it. I've, I don't think I've done it either. But Yeah, I kind of want to now. Yeah. I don't know what I would put in it. Hmm. To think about it. 
Yeah. Put like, like the, a note of some sort. Yeah. And then... <laughs> put like my screenplay in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my sitcom pilot from, from college. Why not? <laughs> That'd be amazing uh, if like future humans were like, oh my God, we have to film this. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find it and be like, oh, it's a religious text. And then oh, no. build a new society around it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Could be. I don't want anyone to ever worship anything I've done in a godlike fashion. They might be drinking blood and like sitting around your script. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'll leave a. I'll leave a um a, a screenplay and like a very cheap bottle of whiskey. There you go. And then maybe like two hundred years from now, it'll actually be decent whiskey. It'll like age it. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> that's possible. Yeah. What would you put? What would you put in a time capsule? What would I put in a time capsule? That's a great question. Gosh, I don't know. Because you wanted something that's like captures a time, but it's not like so valuable that you. Would miss like, would it now. Give it yeah. up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of what I have is very I'm not sure it would survive in a time capsule. Throw like throw like my dungeon master's guide in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could do that. I don't know. I feel like everything anything I would put in a time capsule is probably not in this apartment. It's probably like in my like childhood bedroom. That's fair. Or something. That's fair. Yeah. Some old Pokemon. I'm, like, cards. Around, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like a Game Boy, if anyone, if you had that laying around. Oh boy, we have a lot of Game Boys laying around. Do you really? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Can, yeah, back in my. Oh my god, place. can I buy one off of you? I've been wa- I've been wanting to buy an old Game Boy and like gut it and replace the screen with a new screen and like get into old technology modification. It's like this weird hyper oh fixation gosh. I have right now. Yeah, let me. I'm going home in August, so I'll see what I can find. Oh hell yeah! I'd have to get my sister's like sign off because I think they're probably hers and not mine, but. <laughs> I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of old, old things, it's a lot of old things today. I mean, I guess all these. Yeah, it's uh, it's a history show. These roundups. Yeah. Sort of the opposite of what we were just saying, though. Like, we're talking about preserving Mm -hmm. the past and why that's important as well. Um, yes. Side note. Also, I'm very curious about the way the Internet will affect future perceptions of our time. But that's like a whole other thing. I think the Internet's going to like be deleted at one point. Maybe. Or I think we're going to merge with it. <laughs> oh, God. Like AI. Oh. No. Um, uh, but yeah, no, but like, run away obviously, the there's there's an importance to preserving certain things um, that have historical significance, especially like the way you can learn about a time. Which explains some of the frustration around mm-hmm. uh, the decision of Olivier Lepic, the mayor of Karnak, France. Is that Karnak? No way. Karnak. Is that how that's pronounced? So. That doesn't sound French at all. Karnak, France. Karnak? Karnak, yeah. Well. I think so. Karnak. But yeah, um, destroyed what many considered to be the French Stonehenge. This was a really funny article to write because when we were pitching articles, it was like the French Stonehenge. And then I started reading about it and I was like, okay, it's interesting. So basically in Karnak, there's like these very famous old, old stones, 7,000 years old, arranged in a way that seems purposeful. So that's important. And people like, you know, people yeah. visit those and stuff. They're called a uh, miniers, I assume is the pronunciation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And in this one part of Karnak, there was this like, someone wanted to build a hardware store. Of all, and they of asked all the mayor. things, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the name of the hardware store is Mr. Bricolage, which is like <laughs> just a very funny French word for like making things. But yeah. um, uh, anyway, so they, they wanted to get a permit and there were some stones on the site 
and the mayor said it was okay anyway, and they destroyed the stones. And then this archaeologist was like, wait a minute, those were meneers, like those were, you know, ancient objects. How dare you destroy them? And it, it became this huge like debate, this huge like cultural touchstone in France of like, how could you destroy these right. stones, make a hardware store? And and the mayor was like, listen, like no one thinks these are like what you think they are. No one said they were these stones. Like there's no value to them. Right. And then it was like, well, maybe they didn't investigate the stones enough. It's just a debate about whether these things were even what right what they were whether they were just stones or whether they were actually the Karnak stones, which yeah yeah or just or just stones. But like Marine Le Pen got involved and and she called it deplorable and I mean understandably like imagine I mean imagine if somebody did this with Stonehenge even yeah. just altering any of the pillars there. I mean obviously they didn't rip up every single near uh that exists in Karnak, but but it'd be like if someone like found stones like near stonehenge and removed them right that weren't part of stonehenge it just seemed like very like the the mayor was like it's not like i destroyed the mona lisa like that was his yeah and i was kind of like okay i don't know like it seems like either they're getting angry about nothing or right i mean the thing with the meneers are so massive i like how would you not know yeah. And like you said, they're they're very like specifically arranged. Right. These in the photos I saw, these ones were just kind of they looked like rocks, like surrounded by weeds mm. near a chain link fence. They, they didn't really look like something uh, significant. So I could see why. And, you know, it's not like he was like, sure, do it by himself. Like there right. was an investigation. Um, some some uh, agency said they're of a low archaeological value, you know, so I think it's probably it's probably fine but yeah. it's just like it, it's it's interesting that this became like this big thing in france where like le pen got involved in everything yeah and, i mean i fully understand yeah. the criticism um mm-hmm. but it is difficult and nuanced i think <laughs> i think my biggest issue is just that it was for a hardware store <laughs> it's like yeah. you could have put that anywhere it may, it may have to be there. right right mr bricolage yeah. yeah one of those things is just like yeah. is it worth is it worth the risk right i i would argue no personally Mm -hmm. but uh i'm not the mayor of karnak so or at least like take a close look before you make a decision right be sure and if you're not sure maybe you can move the stones maybe that would also be deplorable uh, yeah it also seems not great yeah yeah i mean i would the safest move is just say no put your hardware store somewhere else (laughs) doesn't have to be somewhere else does not have to be well now it's too late they're they're gone yep gone forever Being part of the royal family might seem enticing, but more often than not, it comes at the expense of, well, everything else, like your freedom, your privacy, and sometimes even your head. Wondery's new podcast, Even the Royals, pulls back the curtain on royal families, past and present from all over the world, to show you the darker side of what it means to be royalty. Icons like Grace Kelly, Oscar-winning actress-turned-princess of Monaco, who the world saw as the ultimate good girl. She mastered playing a happy wife and mother, but beneath it all, she was desperately lonely. Grace spent her whole life working towards perfection, and it ultimately cost her her happiness. Or King Ludwig II from Bavaria. He was only 18 when his father died, leaving the crown to him and a duty to rule that he never wanted. He refused to lead and used funds from the royal treasury to further his extreme love of opera. 
but this choice eventually cost him the crown and his life. Follow Even the Royals on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge Even the Royals ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. Speaking of gone forever, all these <laughs> bodies in this gravesite. Well, they thought they were gone forever and maybe they weren't. Right, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this story is about a, a graveyard in Poland that was discovered near a church and was not just any graveyard because all the or a lot of the bodies were like decapitated or covered in bricks or had coins in their mouths. And it was because people at one point thought they were vampires. Yeah. And that's how you deal with vampires. You dig up the body, decapitate it, bury it again. Yeah. We had um it was like maybe right when I started, um, we had another very similar story to this where they found the grave of a single woman um, mm-hmm. who was buried with a sickle over her neck so that if she were to rise up from the dead, she would decapitate herself, which is yeah. especially brutal. There were some eerie photos of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a little bit yeah. haunting looking. But it is funny to think how um, like serious people were about vampires in Poland at one point. Well, and apparently in this region of Poland, like there's still some of that fear yeah so yeah yeah never really went away i mean hasn't gone away fair enough i there (laughs) i mean there's still people who think witchcraft is afoot in america um very (laughs) niche sections of the population but yeah yeah i mean we've never really been able to let go of that fear of the paranormal yeah yeah i think the unexplainable and the strange. i mean in poland and I think a lot of places in Europe, this came out of a fear of like disease, right. tuberculosis. Not that was not in Poland specifically, but yeah, th- this idea that ha- they didn't know how it was spreading. Right, people got very pale. You know, I'm sure. Well, yeah, a lot and a lot of people who looked dead mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden were not. But right. rather than being like, oh wow, I guess we got that wrong, or like it's a medical miracle, they were afraid of it. Yeah, well, because if sickness was spreading and you have no other way to combat it, right. might as well dig up the person and yeah. decapitate them. And there was a lot, the best. a lot of those, like um, in France in like the 16, 1700s, people were afraid of werewolves very specifically. Oh. There was like a whole werewolf epidemic. That's right. Um, the Bête de Gévaudan. Yeah, I just, it's so yeah. interesting the way that it's, Every place has its own thing. France was, you yeah. know, the the um the Rougarou, right? Or is it Lougarou? I was thinking Lougarou is the main character in the movie Wolf Cop. Oh. <laughs> Which if you've never seen <laughs> never it, heard of it, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so campy. There's a line where this guy goes, Lou, you're a wolf. And then him as a werewolf turns and goes, cop. <laughs> so funny. Oh, yeah. good. I very much enjoy folklore and the way it um, in, like teaches you about parts of the world. So I just think it's so interesting that like the French had the werewolves, Poland and like Dutch countries had vampires. Mm. And then you look at like um, like some like African and Caribbean countries where they very much believed in like zombies. Hmm. Yeah. Or like the Loch Ness monster, right? I don't know if that quite fits, but <laughs> I don't know, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> but like, yeah, like like voodoo zombies, um, and then the way all of those things have converged in America obviously makes sense. But it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think people are always going to try to explain things they can't explain. 
And maybe there are things that we can't explain. Right. Creepy crawlies and such. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, the satanic panic of the 80s, 70s and 80s, another big thing. Like, yeah, it's just very, very fascinating. Um, and I think it's a lot of stuff we take for granted, too, because we see going back 100 years now, these things were put to film Dracula, the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. But they've become like so embedded in pop culture that it's easy to forget that they were like hundreds, if not thousands of years old. These concepts. Yeah, right. I guess with the internet, too, there's been, like, new things. Like, Slender Man was an internet yeah. thing. Creature. Yeah. Yeah. Weird times. <laughs> I guess our final news story is another weird one. Yeah. I mean, basically, the story was that these these researchers in Germany were looking for a lost city. They think they found it. It's a city, and I probably, I might be mispronouncing it, Rungolt. Uh, it was a city that was allegedly destroyed in the 14th century by a massive storm and lost. And they think they found it. They think they found in like the middle of this, we're well, not in the middle, but like in the, in the sea, the foundation of a church and like a drainage system. And they think they discovered this lost city, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, the story is that in the 14th century, these young men were like kind of like teasing a priest and trying to get him to give a pig like last sacrament and the priest was really mad and so the next day he went to a church and he prayed for god to punish the young men and then the story goes the whole town got swept away by the wow by the water bit of an yeah. overreaction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit um but there was there was really a, a storm at that time so yeah could have been it's kind of been. crazy to think that a whole city can just right. be gone yeah, I mean, my mind just went to like Jakarta, which I think is slowly like sinking, mm-hmm. and they're trying to move everyone out of the city. And I don't really know much more than that, but that's you know, yeah, California in a couple hundred years, yeah, Manhattan maybe, maybe. apparently sinking, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. There's a, I mean, there have always been rumors of lost cities, Atlantis being the most famous one. Mm-hmm. There's another one that I'm blanking on the name of, but it comes up a lot. When we talk about like Maya cultures, oh, that someone was looking for at one point, not El Dorado, no, but that is another one, El Dorado, also a good one. And then there's a Japanese city as well, Yonaguni Jima, that's you can like go and explore it, it's underwater completely. Oh, wow, yeah. you like dive down, yeah, people will regularly go in like scuba dive and swim around. There's photos of the city itself just fully submerged underwater. Wow. Makes huh. a little bit more sense because Japan is a series of islands, but. Right. When was the city from? Ooh, you know? that's a good question. Because there's so many earthquakes there, too. I wonder if it was just like. Yeah, I mean, tectonic the... plates shift and then uh, mm-hmm. 62 miles east of Taiwan. Like they, they know exactly where it is. Wow. Huh. I'm just like on an island or something that's slowly with yeah. rising sea levels or something. Yeah, it's. Hmm. Um, Oh, here we go. I, the Lost Continent of Mew was the other one that I was trying to hmm. remember. So they were looking for the Lost Continent of Mew. It was this like mythical city, very similar to Atlantis. Then they found the sunken city of Yonaguni Jima. And they originally believed that wow. it was this Lost Continent of Mew that was written about in Mesoamerican stories or told of in Mesoamerican stories. Wow. And then obviously they like huh. more research went into it and they disproved that. And they were like, no, that's not what it is. It's this Japanese island. But yeah, really neat. I would love to. I, w- I want to go to Japan. I would love to check that out as well. But I. Mm. 
yeah. don't know if I would be brave enough. <laughs> you could just uh, book a, a voyage on a submarine, like, mm. you know. Just kidding. Those are those are uh, officially out of fashion. I think yeah. trips like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating though. I feel like we should write a post on lost cities. I just wrote it down on my yeah for your Q four pitches list of post ideas. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Keeping a list. I know. Yeah. Those are I, the idea of lost cities is so interesting to me. Yeah. Well, it's so like I don't know if romantic's like the right word, but this idea that something existed there and then it's yeah gone but preserved and you can see i don't know this ghostly right yeah well it's like pompeii yeah it is it's, like yeah it's like but a, there's another element to it beneath the yeah, water like a, it's not morbid curiosity and it's not romance it's like like morbid romance i don't like a, a new <laughs> term for it morbidly romantic yeah. yeah i mean it is like the titanic too just these things that are sort of preserved underwater that are associated with right human stories and tragedy yeah, yeah. just kind of stuck in time yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, those are our our, <laughs> our news stories for June. <laughs> uh, lots of old lost things from thousands of years ago this month, it seems. Yeah, we had some really interesting stories this month. We did. Yeah. I mean, we, we always have interesting stories, but. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. One's, uh, one's this yeah. month with like a lot of depth to them. Mm-hmm. In more ways than one. Hey. Um, hey. Yeah. I mean, June is also a, a good month for historical anniversaries. Yeah. We have a couple to discuss. Um, the first being on June 1st, which was the coronation of Anne Boleyn. Dun, 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 dun. I was reading about it earlier. She was six months pregnant at the time wow. with Elizabeth I. Yeah. Who was, you know, they all thought was going to be hoped would be a son. Of course. Yeah. And it wasn't. She and Henry, King Henry VIII, had been together for seven years by that point, but married for just six Jeez. months. Was she, because which of his wives was she? She was his second, second wife. wife. okay. Yeah. Have you heard this before? Well, it, it's this little like thing to remember. Well, you have to know their names too, but it's divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Wow. Okay. So Anne Boleyn was yeah. beheaded. She was beheaded. Wow. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And then he married, uh, what's her face? Jane. I can't remember. Jane something. But anyway yeah so he he i mean it, it, Anne Boleyn was like the reason why he left uh the catholic church yeah. why he divorced his wife why he caused that huge schism it was to be with Anne because he thought that Anne could give him a son when she didn't right he had her beheaded and like trumped up adultery charges yeah it was obviously her fault that she didn't have a son obviously right. just right. a strange twist of fate that almost none of henry's wives could give him a son he did have a son eventually but his son died very young yeah. and elizabeth the first yeah. was I mean, Elizabeth the first, right? Like <laughs> we we right. we still up until recently we still had Elizabeths in yes. charge of England. So yes. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the Tudors are like so fascinating. And um, there was a really great exhibit at the Met a couple. I guess it was last year actually. Uh, we had their portraits, and it's like one thing to see them online, which we do all the time for work, but to see them in person was so yeah cool. So like colorful and big and. Yeah, but Henry VIII was really a, a piece of work. <laughs> a piece of work is a nice way of putting it. And I think it's supremely ironic that, like, okay, he has, you know, a, a couple of kids, including these two daughters, and the two daughters are the ones that end up ruling right. Mary and Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of uh, recontextualizes all those beheadings and. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it wasn't entirely yeah. necessary, bud. 
I also think it's kind of funny that neither Mary nor Elizabeth had any children then, too. Yeah. So, like, everything he wanted, he wanted to, you know, have this dynasty or something, and... <laughs> it just never happened for wasn't him. wasn't meant to yeah. be. And he's very much nope. not um, remembered positively by history. No, not really. It's sort of like... Have you ever watched The Tudors, the show? I they did no, pretty... I just remembered that it existed when you said their name. <laughs> it's it's like, I mean, it's it's history with, like, more flash, sure, I guess. Yeah. But I thought it was it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it, at least the first couple of seasons. Until Anne Boleyn dies, then it's Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 400 years and one day after yeah. Anne Boleyn was crowned queen, Queen Elizabeth II was coronated, which is yeah very interesting. I thought that was interesting, too. And I wonder if there was any debate at all about that date. But I guess they were like, yeah. whatever, doesn't I wonder if that's matter. why they waited till the second. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the first is now I don't bad know. luck. It's Anne Boleyn's day. Yeah. 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 Queen Elizabeth was so young. She was 25 when that happened. Wow. I don't know much about Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, I mean, I I do enjoy like royal history. So I know a little bit um, about that stuff. But like, it's it's just she wasn't supposed to be queen. You know, her uncle was supposed to be king. And he abdicated to be with an American, a divorcee. So then her, Elizabeth's father became king, you know, reluctant king, got them through World War II, then he dies, and then she's queen. Yeah. And then she rules forever, as we know, because she just died. Right, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've looked into, <laughs> funnily enough, looked into her life a little bit because I found this conspiracy theory, <laughs> this absolutely <laughs> ridiculous conspiracy theory that she was a cannibal and that that oh. was why she lived so long because huh. she would drink the blood of the young Wow. And then, like, allegedly, I don't believe this story at all, but allegedly, one of the royal guards told a story of Queen Lizzie, <laughs> like, riding around the palace on a scooter and just screaming maniacally. Wow. <laughs> this is such a funny image in my mind. Yeah. Seems very yeah. out of character for her. Well, we do want to mention about Elizabeth before we move on to our, our next topic is uh, she's affiliated, associated with our, our cocktail of the month for cocktail oh, yeah. chatter. That's right. Yeah. A little yeah. cocktail corner. The cocktail corner. Yeah. It's a Dumonet and gin, which she drank before lunch every single day, <laughs> which I find admirable. <laughs> Me too, Lizzie. <laughs> uh, it's not a very strong drink. Yeah. From what I understand. No, it sounds uh, more like a. Um, she had a before lunch, so aperitif. yeah, an aperitif, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just gin and Dubonnet and lemon and ice, I think. So yeah. pretty easy to throw together. Gin is a, apparently very good for like digestion. Hmm. And like uh, preventing disease, or is that a myth? As long as the disease is an alcoholism. I thought. I thought like I thought gin was invented because British people in India would drink it because they thought it would prevent. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure just I don't know the alcohol probably true. just killed bacteria. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, you can find conflicting information everywhere online about the positive and negative effects of alcohol consumption. When whenever there's someone like really really old and people are like, "What's your secret?" They're like, "I drink whiskey every single day for my whole life." Yep, that's what I do. And I'm still kicking. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Queen Elizabeth drank gin and Dubonnet. Of course, it's gin uh, too. That's such an English. Well, and she drinks London gin. Of, of course, course, yeah. She has to. Bombay. Bombay. Um, yeah. Anyway, raise a glass to Queen Elizabeth, who uh, left us 
earlier this year? Was it last year? Oh my, I don't remember. I think it was. I think it was end last of year. last year. Yeah, but it was like like November, or December. It was winter for sure. Yeah, because then he was coronated this year. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. Raise a glass. Have a, a Dubonnet and gin. Cocktail. Dubonnet and gin. Does sound. I've never even had. It does Dubonnet. sound good. What is Dubonnet? Is yeah, it like a? It's like a, a French like a wine type thing. I think. Okay. Let's see. Um, <laughs> a sweet French red wine. Yep. What a. Yes. I don't have any Dubonnet. I do have a Pennsylvania wine here, which is relatively sweet and not very good, but maybe I'll throw some gin in and see. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know if Pennsylvania is really known for their uh, wine. It is not. Oh. Pennsylvania wine is very, very sweet, even when it says it's dry. Oh. Yeah. It's all like... Yeah, it seems like it wouldn't be warm enough or dry enough. Yeah, we don't have the climate for it. And a lot of people will make like like blueberry wine, table wine. Yet yeah. everyone wants to make a winery. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty big in uh, Washington State, but only in the east of the state that because sense. that's where it's dry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever really had a PA wine that I was like, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Global warming is coming and things could change. That's true. Yeah. I guess our next uh, news story is a grim but pretty fascinating yeah. one and that's well, the sort of like american sass- royalty almost yes it in is a way. Very the good. kennedys yes. um who else would you even say is like american royalty uh the kardashians <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> there, were those, like, there was like the the presidential there was like the kennedys there were the um goldwaters the bush family, the bush family. oh i wouldn't say the Goldwaters. no but oh the roosevelt the perhaps? roosevelts yeah 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 it, but this this story is the assassination of Robert Kennedy in uh, June 1968, June 5th. June 5th. Fascinating, fascinating story. He just won the California primary. He was walking through the kitchen and he was shot and killed by, well, the man who went to jail for it was Saran Saran, um, who is still in jail to this day. But the story is a pretty fascinating one, as we were kind of talking about before turning on our microphones. There's some... Some doubt surrounding Saran Saran's guilt. Yeah, I mean, it's very, um, very much echoes the John Kennedy story. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, multiple like conspiracy theories. Some people say there was a second gunman and there's so many things they point to. The acoustics of the room, the number of shots fired. They said there were like 13 shots fired, which probably wouldn't have been enough to be from one concealed well, gun. Only gun. held eight right, bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's kind of fascinating. Other people said that the second gunman was the security guard in the Hmm. ambassador hotel. There's, of course, always there's the Manchurian candidate theory, conspiracy theory that someone implanted this idea into Saran Saran and like activated him remotely. Well, he says he has no memory of doing this and has since the beginning. But then he didn't he also say something about how it was driven by like rage he felt for 20 Mm -hmm. years. It's so it. About Palestine, yeah. yeah. But he, and also like, you know, he like practiced shooting that day. They found notebooks where he wrote like RFK must die. Right. So th- which he says he doesn't remember writing. I, th- I think the interesting thing about it is that it's not like, it's not like this theory is coming from the far corners of the internet. It's, it's uh, Bobby Kennedy's son. And the, one of the men who was with him that night and was shot in the head, Paul Schrade, they both think that there was a second 
gunman, which I think is right. But what makes this interesting? No, I will say, Bobby Kennedy's son, sure. kind of a conspiracy theorist. He is. So I don't know how much, yeah. like, you know, maybe ten years ago, if it was like I don't know, his son saying it might have been. I'm like, oh, that's kind of convincing. But now he's like yelling at doctors on Twitter with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, which is just not the company that you want to be associated with. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the Paul Schrade thing is interesting, though, because he he was there. He was shot in the head and he thinks that there was a second gunman. Right. Right. I mean, it's entirely th- possible. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 generally like a skeptic about these things. And like if it looks, you know, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And like there the science that that found that there was 13 gunshots is debatable. You know, right. The science that found that the bullets came from different guns is it's unclear, but it's probably not true. And Saran Saran wrote like RFK must die. I don't know. Seems like right. Clean cut. And, uh, it, and it, anybody can say, I don't remember doing that. It's not an excuse to do it though. It's like, <laughs> you know, right. if yeah, you yeah. blackout drunk and drive your car and crash it, you don't remember doing it. doesn't mean you didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, I think his name is James Earl Jones, who who assassinated MLK. Like at first he was like, "Yeah, I did it," and then later he was like, "I didn't do it. I was I was set up." Was it? And M- MLK's family, like, did I say James Earl Jones? Is that an actor? Yeah, that's what I I was like. I was yeah. like, <laughs> let's not throw James Earl, James Earl Ray, James Earl Ray, <laughs> James Earl James Earl Ray. Jones yes. voiced James Darth Earl Vader. Ray. Let's not. <laughs> oh, yes, too many uh, gin and Dubonnet cocktails with this recording. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, he was like, no, I didn't do it. And then MLK's family kind of supported him about that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. so many second gunman things with Lee Harvey Oswald as well. Mm, I'm a patsy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> Julius Caesar, right? Probably mm-hmm. Brutus probably did the same thing. I don't It wasn't me. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. It is. It's a weird, tragic thing and i think it is fascinating um just because of of people who are into this idea that there could be someone else yeah yeah and again i mean it it makes sense it's possible um not everyone's gonna love a candidate i do think it's interesting that that was the event that prompted the secret service to start protecting presidential candidates candidates yeah Oh, was it? Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, there was really no Secret Service protection prior to Robert Kennedy dying. So, like, which, <laughs> why wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a less violent time. Like, I, Yeah, you'd think after JFK being assassinated, though, I mean, he was acting president and the Secret Service was around him, but. Right. I think, I think campaigns, like, really changed in the 60s and candidates suddenly were a lot more, like, more out there yeah. than they had been yeah. in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think the other fascinating thing about RFK's death, and then we can move on, but it's just that, like, how, how that, like, changed American history. Because, like, it, what if he had won the presidency? That would have yeah. changed everything. Instead, it was Nixon won. Right. And obviously, that had some ramifications in the years to come, and, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, one of those big, 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 big what-ifs. What yeah. Well, our next story is also about a, a tragic death. As it so happens, yeah. yeah, Anthony Bourdain's death on June 8th, 2018, died by suicide. Yeah, five years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy how quickly that passed. Yeah, that one's, that's a bummer. I always, th- I think about that every now and then. I'm like, 
it's just it's just a sad story. Like there's nothing else. I really thank God there's no conspiracy. Maybe there are. I haven't looked into it. I'm not going to look into it. <laughs> I don't think there's conspiracy, but there was a book last year that like it like I, from what I read about it, that kind of blamed his girlfriend. Got it. Yeah, so, I mean, well, that. he always struggled with his mental health, and he was um, an addict for a long time. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's fair to blame any one person. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I guess I don't really know like too much about him, but I remember, I knew like enough about him that when I heard the news, I was like, oh boy, that's surprising and horrible. Yeah, yeah, I never really watched like No Reservation or anything, but um, I was more of an Andrew Zimmern, Bizarre Foods fan growing up. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that person. You don't? You don't? You never watch Bizarre no. Foods? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. you missed out on some prime early 2000s <laughs> television. Do you remember what any of the foods, like what the most bizarre well, ones oh were. i mean he would go all over the world and just eat like local cuisine so like it was like i can't name the country specifically but um he like ate like a giant worm thing like mm. a stuffed big worm oh. he ate bull testicles like just yeah oh. oh um there's that italian cheese that has little worms in it oh, he ate some of that yeah. stuff i think we have an article about that i think we somewhere. do yeah yeah it's a great show oh. yeah, i think he's i mean he's still out there doing something but um, yeah, I watched a lot of Andrew Zimmern, did not watch a lot of uh, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, but I did watch the documentary about him that came out shortly after he died. Oh, I haven't seen um, it. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Just his hmm. life, the way he like came up in the restaurant industry as someone who worked in the restaurant industry and who's like, like my uncle still works in the restaurant like industry. My mom did. Uh, it's kind of like in our family. Mm. Yeah, really interesting story of like that uh, rags to riches kind of situation. Yeah, I'd like to read. Um, I think his book is Kitchen and Confidential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'd like to read that. I saw it on a stoop once and I was like, oh, I have too many books. And I left it there and I kind of regret that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, his story is very interesting and it um, is really unfortunate the way it ended. Yeah. Well, fortunately, our, our last story is also interesting but it has a happier yeah ending. yeah we can end it on a good um, note <laughs> and it's on a good note um it's the the anniversary uh june 18th 1983 when sally ride went to space 25 years yeah yeah wait right 35 25 35 years 30 30 what? no 40 40 years oh my god what is wrong <laughs> with me <laughs> we can do this we got what this is it? um <laughs> <laughs> all depends on who you ask Jeez, yeah 40 years i don't know why that i don't whatever 40 years. Move on. <laughs> yeah well the musical story sally ride uh was the first american woman to go to space yeah, third woman overall. which is cool mm-hmm. the first woman actually also went to space in june yeah but i think in 1960 it was yeah 20 years earlier and that was a russian woman named valentina vladimirovna tereshkova yes great russian name yeah i said that to myself um, like 13 times before we started recording so <laughs> get it right i probably still got it wrong very good yeah i think the sally ride story is, is like interesting and frustrating because like when she was preparing to go to space reporters asked her all these like really stupid questions like they were like do you do you like weep when you're sad like, things like that but <laughs> doesn't <so> everyone <laughs> well she's like why are you asking like this uh, like male astronaut that? Right. and they were like Meh. we don't care if he cries when he's sad yeah so yeah, but she did it, and uh, yeah, she's a she's a great life story, and uh, yeah, yeah, very inspiring, very inspiring. I love the way I'm. I'm so glad we don't do it anymore. But the way interviewers used to talk to women, it's so 
That's so awful. It's like when you see those old They're... like advertisements for like women's mm. home products. And right, it's just yeah. like, oh, geez, it's so like out of it. Like it'll just blatantly be a picture of like a man backhanding his wife. And mm. it'll be like, I told you to clean the floors. <laughs> Clorox. It's like, right. <laughs> Jeez. It's like, it's just like, want the perfect Christmas gift for your wife? A vacuum cleaner. Right. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like uh, Marilyn Monroe, they always asked her a bunch of like really dumb questions that you would never ask a man. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, whether or not she like questions about like her weight changing and things like that. It was just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. They still do that to actresses. They ask yeah. them like, how they lost weight for a role or what they ate or something yeah. like that. To be fair, they kind of do that with male actors, too, depending on the role. Mm. Like Christian Bale yeah, always goes through those like, like really dramatic body transformations. A lot of actors do now for like those Marvel movies. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Like, uh, well, now everyone's taking like drugs to lose weight. So I guess that's. Yeah. That's the question they're asking now. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Weird times. <laughs> Sally Ride, do you do you weep when you're sad? <laughs> Just a funny thing. How is that relevant? Ask any like with a straight face. <laughs> How is yeah, that relevant? Yeah. Um, she was also I mean, she came she came out as gay like later, but I think she was also the first like gay astronaut to go to space. Nice. Yeah. We need a word for that. But I'm not gonna coin it. All right. Probably wise. Yeah. But I am gonna. Th- we can just say happy, happy Pride instead, which I think is this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of Pride celebrations are this weekend into next week. Pittsburgh's Pride Parade cool. was two weekends ago. It was kind of funny. I I was talking to someone in my running club, and they're like, "Oh, I went to Pride in Brooklyn," and I was like, "What? I thought Pride was like much later." But apparently, each borough has its own like Pride yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh just has the one big one. I did not go because I have nothing but shame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really just because it's like way too loud and noisy and I don't do well in crowds. Yeah, I did go to Pride in 2019. I saw Bill de Blasio there. He waved at me. It's pretty exciting. Nice. Um, but yeah, now that I'm now that I'm older and post pandemic, I probably wouldn't go. Yeah, I'm too scary. <laughs> That's that for our, our history and news uh, roundup for June. Um, there is one thing we want to talk about at the end of this show. Is there? Do you know where I'm going with this? No, yeah. I don't. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we want we want to talk about uh, getting ideas from from our oh, listeners. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, we're hoping people are gonna like message us. You know, we're get, we'll list an email and phone number. Yeah. In a second, because I don't have it in front of me. But um, yeah, if you have an idea about a anniversary to cover. Drink um, suggestions. Drink suggestions. Historical drinks that you know yeah. of could be really cool. Or if you know the interesting history behind a drink, if there is yes. one um, behind a cocktail, or even like the creation of a drink, like yeah, I, wine or beer. If anyone knows if gin uh, was drunk in India by the British colonizers to yeah. stave off disease, give us a call. Give us your best uh, historical facts about that. We might play it on the show i think so that could be cool yeah, yeah. if you leave us a voicemail uh, there is a chance because um, yeah. it, it's just like a google voice number so right um, yeah you can leave us a message and we'll play it back on the show and give you a little shout out the whole fun thing yeah. um and if you don't want to if you don't want to call because i don't blame you um yeah we do have an email it's just podcast at all that's interesting.com you can write in suggestions episode ideas 
cocktails, yes. suggestions. Um, um, if you don't like my take on <laughs> <laughs> the Royals, if you want to get into a little argument. Yeah, definitely email in. Um, yeah, you can also, I have the phone number here. If you want to give us a call and leave a voicemail, it's 929-526-3029. Yeah, drop us a line. Follow us on TikTok at Real History Uncovered. I do mm-hmm. read the comments there. That's fun sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's not. Oh, do people eat? Do they leave a lot of comments on our TikTok? Depends. Oh, there were a couple on the uh, Black Dahlia one that was just like, is that a real photo? And then a lot of people responding oh. saying, sadly, yes. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, variations oh, of the word sadly and unfortunately. Yikes. Huh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Comment on our TikToks and say hello. Um, and check us out on the site. Obviously, we publish new things every single day. All interesting. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Interesting um, news stories. Yeah. yeah. News stories we didn't talk about here. More n- science and like mm-hmm. weird news focused. Yeah. Sometimes just happy news stories that occasionally yeah. comes up. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. a couple things about like dogs on there. Yeah. That one. We got some good The dog one stories. dog who paints pictures. His name was Van Gogh. That was oh. a fun one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had we had the world's oldest dog world's as oldest well dog. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Some yeah, groundbreaking like information content. about government employees coming out saying that we have alien technology and bodies. <laughs> yeah, we were the first people to publish yeah. that. Um, Which, well, yeah. we're not, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we do actually have an upcoming series probably next month, end of July, early August, timeline wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. but another yeah. little mini series here about ufos which will be very fun because i believe strongly that aliens have visited earth and uh you do not Uh, (laughs) as much i'm more like i don't know again i'm generally a skeptic about these things yeah we'll have a little Mulder and scully dynamic going on Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely subscribe to the podcast Uh, stay tuned for that because that's bound to be yeah and i guess we'll be uh, our next show will be David Reimer. David right? Reimer, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, a little, yeah. Uh, someone who was forcibly transitioned from male to female at not birth, but like eight months later. Yeah, very, very, very young. Very young. And there's a complicated reason why, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. During um, the show. But, but yeah, yeah, later learned the truth, transitioned back to male. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting what that study tried to prove and what it inadvertently proved about gender and sex um which i think is really Mm -hmm. relevant to today's more broad conversation about gender and sex yeah we'll get into all of that next couple of weeks david reimer ufos it's gonna get good this summer all right i guess we'll we'll talk to everyone next time yeah thanks for listening For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories that when sewn together form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. Mm -hmm.